Well, welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle, and I'm a licensed firearm dealer for the last 13 years. I'm passionate about our Second Amendment rights, and in this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as I might throw in a sports story or something going on in our current environment, such as the election or other areas of, of politics. Welcome to the Live Shoot Podcast. My name is Jeff Dattle, and I'm a licensed firearm dealer for the last 13 years. I'm passionate about our Second Amendment rights, and in this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as we might throw in a sports story or something going on in our current environment, such as the election or other items in politics. So today is Friday, February 5th, and, uh, you know, as things have progressed through, uh, this week, it's been another one of those interesting weeks. So the First thing I do want to say is that, you know, last week we talked about my son turning 18, and as of today, we have a new soldier in the fight um, for our uh, Second Amendment rights, and, and by that I mean he's not uh, joining the military, not yet at least, but we got his voter registration card in the mail, so he is a registered voter in, in um, Texas, so we have one more vote that will be landing on our side, so that's some good news. I don't know if I've told everybody, but I am uh, from Kansas City. That's where I grew up in a small town north of Kansas City and went to high school there. At least that's where I went to high school in 7th and 8th grade. And so I am a Chiefs fan. And so this weekend is our Super Bowl, and I am excited for that. So hopefully next week I can have a, some positive outcome from that that we can talk about. So what if I were to say to y'all that your ex-spouse, either husband or ex-husband or ex-wife, would have some input on whether or not you can be licensed to purchase a firearm? Or what if I told you that we're going to make available to your neighbors or to the crack dealer or your boss or the uh, local school or just the government in general, all the firearms that you have? How would you feel about that? Well... We're going to talk about the House Bill 127 that's been submitted from uh, Sheila Jackson Lee from Houston, Representative Jackson, Representative Lee, and she submitted this. And now she has submitted about a half a dozen firearm-related bills in this legislative session already. And there are another probably 10 or 15 others that have been submitted. Most of them are not that great. There are a couple. There is, we have the uh, Hearing Protection Act has, has again been submitted. So, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later in another one, another episode, and we'll talk about some of the other bills that are out there right now. But this House Bill uh, 127 is probably right now, out of the ones that have been submitted, the, the most concerning and the most egregious, I guess is a word. So it is... Um, the bill is to provide the, for the licensing of firearm and ammunition possession and the registration of firearms and to prohibit the uh, possession of certain ammunition. And they're going they're calling this, this, and I may be pronouncing this incorrectly, but the Sabika Sheikh Firearm Licensing and Registration Act. So the different provisions in this are that one is to create a, a firearm registration system so the owner of any farm uh, must uh, submit, you know, the make, model, serial number of the farm, the identity of the owner of the farm, the date the farm was acquired, and where the farm is or will be stored. So we have to also have a location. And then you have to uh, put a notice in of any identity of any other person to whom or in any period of time during which the farm will be loaned to a person. And that and and for all the farms that are out there uh, today, 
we will all have three months to get all of this you know, information submitted before we are in violation of, of this proposed law. Um, now, the database that this is all going to be stored in is going to be established by the attorney, the attorney General, and they will maintain it. And the Attorney General shall make the contents of the database accessible to all members of the public. All federal, state, and local law enforcement authorities, all branches of the United States Armed Forces, and all state and local governments as defined by the Bureau. So, everybody is going to be made out to the public, so anybody can see what firearms you own. Your neighbor, your boss, or employees, the local drug lords or criminals in the area can also see. So they just want to make everybody know who all has guns out there. And then again, the whole purpose of registration we know is eventually then they can follow that up with confiscation. So uh, don't be fooled by anything that they say. So, and then for you to actually be, to be able to purchase or possess firearms, you've got to be licensed. And so, the provisions to be licensed is you have to be 21 years of age. So now you cannot purchase, but you can possess firearms under the age of 21, and you can purchase long guns after once you reach 18. They're now saying that, that they're going to raise that age to 21. And then after you apply for a license, you have to go undergo a background check through the, the NICS system. And now this is where things get really interesting. You have to undergo a psychological evaluation in accordance with paragraph two. And we'll talk a little bit about paragraph two. And then after you successfully, after the, the psychological exam, you must successfully complete a training course certified by the attorney general in use, safety, and storage of firearms. And then you must demonstrate that on the issuance of the license, the individual have to have an effect an insurance policy. So now, not only do you have to get an, uh, get licensed, you have to purchase an insurance policy. And we'll talk about the cost of that policy here in a minute. And there's some stuff about displaying antique firearms and the type of weapons involved. But let's talk about this psychological evaluation. The psychological evaluation is going to be conducted in this way. The evaluation is conducted with in compliance with standards and shall be established by the Attorney General. The evaluation is conducted by a licensed uh, psychologist and as deemed necessary by the psychologist. And the evaluation will include a psychological evaluation other members of your household in which you reside. And as part of that evaluation, the licensed psychologist may interview any spouse of the individual, any former spouse of the individual, and at least two other persons who are a member of the family of or an associate of the individual to further determine the state of the mental, emotional, and relational stability of the individual in relation to firearms. So I'm divorced. Shelly is my second wife. I don't think if they called up my first wife that she would have anything negative to say to me. But what purpose is that and what business is it of hers? I can guarantee you most ex-spouses out there will not have something positive to say about their former spouse. And thus, and if they know that they it can prevent them from purchasing and licensing their farms, they're going to be vindictive. And they're going to prevent you from doing that. And then what happens if you fail to do any of these things? Well, the, the penalty for this is if you 
Let me get to the penalty stage here. Just one sec. So the penalty. So the penalty of 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 if anybody that violates not getting the license is going to be a fine, not to be not no less than seventy five thousand dollars, and not more than a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you can be imprisoned for no less than fifteen years but up to 25 years or both. So you can get $150,000 fine and 25 years in jail. If you violate the section where you transfer this to somebody unknowingly, you can be that doesn't have a license. You can get a $50,000 fine up to $75,000 and not less than 10 years in jail, but no more than 15 and on and on and on. And then and there are multiple other instances of punishment that you can get for different actions of it. This also prohibits the, certain, the, the possession of certain ammunition as well. So this goes on and on and on. And we also talked about the large capacity ammunition feeding devices in terms of not being able to possess those as well. So it, what was typically your standard size magazines, you cannot position, position those. And then we also mentioned the insurance policy. And that insurance policy is going to cost you $800. So you must purchase an $800 insurance policy as well as get licensed, get a psychological evaluation, and have your ex-spouse call to determine whether or not they believe that you are stable enough to own a firearm. So I'll be keeping you up to date on what happens with House Bill 127 as it uh, starts moving through the, the committee and making it out to, to the House floor potentially. But what you can do in the meantime is contact your representative and tell them that you do not want this passed. Email them, leave them a message, uh, knock on their door at their local offices, anything to get the message out. We are um, a powerful force out there and we can do this, but we have to do it together. We can't expect somebody else to do this for us. So if we don't want to have these infringements on our Second Amendment placed upon us, we have got to stand up and voice our our, our, our concerns. So contact your representative. I'll put a, a link to the, to the bill in my show notes, and we will be talking to you next week. And always <clears throat> follow me on social media. Uh, Parlor, which is supposed to be back next week, Telegram, uh, MeWe, Gab, CloudHub. I think I'm out there on all of those now. And look for more episodes and, you know, rate this podcast as uh, five stars or share it with others if you like it, just to help to get this word out um, to more and more people because we have to use our our voices and the power of, of our, our beliefs to uh, prevent some of these radical infringements on our Second Amendment. So take care, have a good week, and I will talk to you.